All right, welcome to the 4A Music Podcast. I'm Charlie. I'm Alexandria. And I'm Amy. On this week's pod, news from the Panama Jazz and Caroga Lake Music Festivals, Charlie's deep thoughts on practicing, and our 4 for Foray Tiny Desk Concert article from this last week. I just got back from Panama. <laughs> News. <laughs> oh. News. Here, here. <laughs> uh, I went to Panama with uh, my master's program uh, under like Berkeley Global Jazz Institute um, under the direction of Danilo Perez and Marco Pignataro. And uh, we went there uh, for their Panama Jazz Festival. They're celebrating 20 years this year. And so they took us a quintet. And it was actually so amazing. Like when we first got there, um, they had a presentation at the Panama Canal Live uh, Museum. And it was about this guy, Luis Russell, who's like Catherine Russell's father, and talked about um, like how this Panamanian man had a and like a influence in jazz music and how he brought some, some of like the things from Central America to um, jazz, what was happening with jazz. And he was like playing with Louis Armstrong and all these other like great bands and what he learned from it. And like Louis Russell then taking on um, Roy Haynes, I believe the drummer and like giving him his first gigs and all this stuff. So it was really interesting to hear about that. Um and then we ate so much good food, so much good food. There's this like, um, it's like chicken soup called sancocho, and it cures your entire soul. I kid you not, it cures your entire soul. You're like feeling like crap. I was feeling like crap, and they're like, have sancocho. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have sancocho, and I had it, and it cured my entire soul. And then. Musically, it was amazing. Got to meet so many people and, and the power of music and like how music actually changed the trajectory of these people's lives. Like um, like in Panama, it like the economy is not the best. Um, there are a lot of people living in poverty. Um, so for these people who were like not destined, but their future could have looked like them. One of the guys, his testimony was like, I could have been selling fruits and veggies on a street, but because of Danilo Perez and Patricia uh, Perez Zarate and what their their foundation in in Panama and like the opportunity that they gave him to do music. He's able to like have a solid career in music and like support his family and really, you know, not be selling fruits and vegetables on the street. He's um, I think he is now the director of education at the uh, Danilo Perez Foundation. and he's doing, he's like with the Ruben Blades bands and all that stuff. So he's playing all around. Anyways, we were playing music <laughs> and it was fun. Like the exchange was amazing. At first, like the music with the quintet, the music really wasn't happening. Like we were just not working together. And then for some reason we went out salsa dancing that night. And then like the next day we sounded so different. Oh my I think gosh. the salsa dancing actually like cured everyone and like made us in sync somehow, like dancing with one another to like, like this music. 
we all started like having the same internal clock or something. And we all just like started feeling the, th- the music in a different way. And like the next day we had rehearsal and it was just like so much better than the first rehearsal. First rehearsal, everyone was like, oh my gosh. Um, and then we played and the audience was like crazy. They were in like, I've never seen some people go crazy over jazz. Jazz. People were like, after each solo, they're like, <laughs> you know, like they were going crazy after a solo. We played a ballad, going crazy. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! And at the end, everyone's like dancing in the in the aisles. I was like, oh, can I be here every day? These people are going this crazy over jazz. Anyways, needless to say, it was fantastic trip. And I'm ex- I'm so excited that I was able to do that. It made me very like got me it like reset my brain as to like why I do this music and or not do this music but do music and like the true healing power of it so yeah wow that was long it was great i mean yeah so the one of the biggest differences between like doing something like that here and there is one of the, it was like the energy of the audience yeah definitely like 500 percent. even like just the energy of the musicians like here like mm. we are so tired. We are exhausted. I kid you not. Like in music school, we are so exhausted. When we talk about music, we're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But like, oh my gosh. Here they talk about music. So much. Yeah. <laughs> they're like in music school and they're like, oh my gosh, music. Yes. I'm like, wow. That's infectious too. <laughs> exactly. That's really cool. But do they just talk about everything that way there? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. Like, you know like there's always the joke where it's like, you know, British people are just kind of like, you know, the meme of that is just like kind of being sad and like not not really like um, uh, communicating emotions very much. You know, it's like being like very like, even keel <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I just wonder if like that's like a compared to like Latin countries or something like that's basically we're like we're like sad English people in the rain and suits. I th- yeah, maybe. I just think they have a lot to be thankful for because mm. there it's really hard. It's really hard. And like, they're, I think they're just happy to be alive and like they really truly like live life to its fullest because they know like tomorrow's not guaranteed, especially for some of them like tomorrow really like when they're growing up it really was not guaranteed so to be able to live a life that they're living today is just like so beautiful you know for them it's like oh my gosh i couldn't have imagined this and they're waking up every morning saying i cannot believe this is my life Hmm. and so i don't know yes but almost all of them are like that their energy is like like you said amy it's like very infectious and like that reminds me of charlie's a like wanting to be alive as opposed to maybe finding meaning, but maybe being alive like is the meaningful thing. Anyways, yeah. that's cool. Through I think that's important. A little bit about the um, Caroga Lake Music Festival. Of course, I shall. It was weird because I hadn't been in like four years and it's fully a festival now. The last time I went, it was like in a garage. Basically, <laughs> the story goes, there's this like, arts collective they're um renovating an old amusement park in the adirondacks 
um, and they bring in artists and I should probably know more info, but basically they like um, have artists for like a season and they put on concerts and it's just this idea of like prioritizing the arts and promoting the arts and like a lot of people care about it in that area. And growing up, I grew up kind of side by side with family friends, a fam- another family of five. I'm from a family of five. And we would just make music on the porch or like it ended up being in in the garage after a while. Um, and one one night, the one year, the um, people from Kuroga like found people jamming, like us jamming late at night. And so um, the founders are like my, they're my god brothers because my my godparents and my parents are close and then I call their sons my god brothers. So they're kind of like the it guys for this Saundersfest that's developed and basically they have a whole day of this Kuroga Arts Lake or Kuroga Lake Arts Festival. And it's basically like what we used to do, but just on steroids. And there's like a jazz set now and there's like bluegrass and they're bringing in kind of like some bigger names because there's a there's budget now to do that. Um, so there was like a songwriting circle this year, but it was really cool first because I haven't been singing a ton. So I was like raring to go. I did like the jazz set and I was like, let's go, let's make music. Um, so it was Personally, it was really nice to kind of be with my family as adults and reconnect with the Saunders, um, the namesake of the festival, uh, or that day. Anyways, I'm trying to get it all straight. It's all very new to me. There's a lot of moving parts. (laughs) But the one weird thing, and not in a dark way, it was just strange to like perform that type of music for people because there was an actual audience. Like, I don't want to guess wrong, but there were like a lot of people there in this like nice park um but it felt weird because it's music that I grew up singing not it wasn't ever really performing because it was like Mm -hmm. extremely circle music so in some ways I think it's cool because I love spreading that like I think that's music that's so important to hear and to be a part of but it was a little strange to be like singing to an audience because that's not really the point of the music at least in that one part of the set that was just something I've been thinking about um but there was also like a great bluegrass set and the songwriting circle was dope. Michael Mayo was there. Hello. Whoa. Um, like, and probably other other um, peeps of that like vibe. But yeah, it was just really inspiring. And I also just love that the scenery is the Adirondacks because it's a very precious place to me. And I love that people know about it. I just think it's cool. Not that I want it to become anything else than what it is but it's it was nice like people who were there really wanted to be there and cared a lot about the music and it was really cool anyway that sounds lit it was fun that's it was really fun and there they had like a food truck and like drink like it was like it's like a festival now and they're doing so much for musicians and artists which is amazing i i've never um so like when when people say like a songwriting circle, that's like you sit around in a circle and people play their songs for each other or you're like writing a song in a circle. <laughs> I feel like I'm unclear, too, because I know there's like a like a Nashville thing. Like, I don't really know what that is, to be honest. This was like led by um, 
Richard Saunders. I think his music name is just Rich, but he's done stuff with like Third Story and Re- he has a group called Refs. He's like, he makes just awesome. I love his stuff. Um, it's very him, but he basically led it and would introduce each artist and then ask like a question about their process afterwards. But it really was just like song, 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 song. Kind of like a studio class, but without the academics. <laughs> Anyways. What would you do without the academics? What would you do? <laughs> no one finished and they were like, so did you like it? Like, not the vibe, but. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. That's great. Um, I like how it's certain. <laughs> Charlie. Every time, Alex. Figure it out. <laughs> you need like a hand signal when it's like time to like transition to the next thing. <laughs> Alex, what do you got? Let's hear I it. I like how it just like like flowed out of pure love and like just like family time doing what they love to do. First off, I don't I I don't think I know a more musical family. What the heck? Like I saw <laughs> all of y'all like can sing and play and do all of these things. I'm like, that is, it's such a beautiful thing to first witness. And then like to have something just grow out of just like pure love for one another and pure love for music. I think that's just such a beautiful way of going about things. That's what it, that's how it all should be. It was really special. It, it like, it put like a, ta- almost like a tangible thing to what it means to be part of like I always am like if people will ask I'll say like oh yeah I was raised in a musical family but it just becomes like a phrase so it was weird to like finally after having like gone through school and like being in this part of my life now to go kind of like back because it was very very nostalgic and opened like a lot of pretty good memories but just like heavy memories because it's like it really has formed me I think but it's what I love about music it's like that's why I think I always get kind of like in the weeds because to me that's really what music is but it can be so many different things that it's like yeah I I mean I think it is different things to different people which is of course fine but because it's so like deeply personal and like tied to family and like all these things it's like yeah definitely informed my what it is to me I hope people are like watching this because I'm so awkward and there's so much like facial comedy. I shouldn't no. call it comedy actually, but I was waiting on Charlie to say something. And I was like, I'm not gonna speak over Charlie. <laughs> I'm not gonna speak over Charlie either. It's Charlie for those of you listening at home. Um, okay, well that uh that news was a lot of big news, and um, that's very that's very cool. A very different things, obviously, in very different parts of the world, but uh, some similar some similar energy. I was gonna uh, say, yeah. Speaking of um, not trying to get too academic, <laughs> I let's go. My thing to share this week is incredibly academic in in some ways. I um, I like academia. I should say, I'm not dark on academia. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I think it's okay to be. It's like kind okay. of in like, um, I don't know. It's a mixed bag. It's like I'm against cars, and you're like, well, <laughs> okay, that's strong point of view. Um, 
cars run over people and it's like whoa yeah that's that is true i hate cars cars (laughs) suck um uh we're a few weeks now from the school year i mean some people have started i think um some of our friends have started their school up this year and which is a terrifying idea for me um i'm working on like some final projects that I promised myself that I would get done over the summer. And so I'm like very stressed out about fall happening, but I'm also very excited about the new school year. I, I think it's gonna be really cool. I'm excited to to do some new things and um, to kind of like get back into the swing of things. If I, I was, I've been telling people the last like week or so when they've asked me like, are you excited about going back to school? And the answer is like, if I don't, if I don't think about the, the few things I, I like wanted to get done before the summer was over. If I don't think about those things, I'm like a hundred percent stoked for the fall. Like I want to see pumpkins, want to watch oh. Halloween movies. I want to yes. like see students. I want to like, started. I want to hang out and do all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just have this like thing hanging over me. It's like um, self, uh, self-imposed deadlines that are kind of stressing me out. But, um, but I am getting excited for the fall and, uh, a ritual for me every fall and every spring, but mostly in the fall is to like take a hard look at my private lesson studio policy document, which anybody who's like had lessons with me uh, knows that it's like, it's something that I care more about than anybody in the universe. I just like, <laughs> oh, I want this document to like fully express me, but fully express all my feelings about teaching lessons, but like also be like three pages. And so I'm always like, I'll always like add a sentence in that like has become really important to me. And then I'll like go, I have to go find a sentence to like take out. And it's, um, so it's like a kind of an interesting, um, it's like a living document for like my philosophy of, of teaching a little bit. Um, but long story short, it, it does get, it, I will come to a point. Um, the one thing I've been thinking a lot about is, uh, is practicing which is like a really fun topic everyone likes to talk about. Um, I do. But, uh, but I, I had Maddie like read it over because I had made some changes and stuff. And I was like, Maddie, read this over and make sure like I don't, I'm not saying anything horrible in here or there's not horrible typos or whatever. And she was like, yeah, it's great. And I'm like, but? And she's like, there was a part of it that made me feel kind of weird. And I was like, okay. I was like, what part? She's like, I don't, you know, it's not important. I was like, was, is, was it the section on practicing? And she was like, 100%. It was the section. Ah. It really stressed me out. So I, I start this, I have a little part of, the, of my lesson policy that says note on practicing. That's what it, that's what it used to say. Now it says uh, note on practicing, in other words, like your practice. And so it, it started out before and it starts out still uh, with the sentence that says, practicing much more than performing is what musicians do. And, um, and when I, then, then the sentence that used to follow that is that if you're not practicing, you're not a musician <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, wow, 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 wow. Pretty, Charlie, I think, I think it's pretty brutal, but I, I kind of like stand by the basic idea of that, which is that, um, that we're obsessed with like the tip of the iceberg thing. That's like above the water level, but like the but you know the really really the the actual experience of being a musician is like the stuff that's under Mm. the water like the big iceberg under the water i hear that yeah 
and um, and I don't know. I but I, I and it comes from this place of of identity, really, and, and having students, particularly college students, that um, in the past mostly that that have um, not in the future. I, I don't think not yet. <laughs> maybe <laughs> my experience of my students has mostly been in the past. <laughs> Uh, the Charlie sees into the future. Yeah, um, exclusively on foray. <laughs> exclusively, <laughs> um, but but uh, I have had students that um, you know, like, really want to be musicians, like, think of themselves as musicians, but like, never practice, basically, never ever practice, and kind of almost have never ever practiced in in the, in the, in any sort of like really. Uh, focused way or something and um, and it causes all these problems it's like a very brittle ex like place to exist in because it's like any sort of like any sort of ask to slightly move in one direction or, or another it just, just kind of breaks down and um, long story short again even longer story even <laughs> slightly shorter um, I've re I rewrote my I rewrote this section and I still start by saying practicing much more than performing is what musicians do but then i go dot 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 but what i mean by practicing has much more in common with something like a yoga practice a culmination of a number of productive things moving in a similar direction uh, with an allowance for good days and bad um, than probably what the traditional way of thinking about practicing is um, and then i go on to say your practice sorry if i'm reading and this is boring but uh 100 of you will not yeah. see this so i just only wait for you to <laughs> experience this but um i go on to say uh your practice does not only mean locking yourself in a practice room for an hour and singing the same songs or exercises and blah 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 it can mean that and in order to meet deadlines it will probably have to from time to time but constructively it's much more useful to think of all the things you do musically as part of a larger practice a musical hmm. way of life put another way think of being a musician as a verb not a noun which is not something that I invented that idea, but um, but that kind of gets to this uh, to this like identity part of it, you know. And so I I've, I've been thinking a lot about that. <laughs> then I kind of like wrote it, and I was like, that sounds like something. I was like, do I believe do I believe what I just wrote? Like, do I think that's true? And it kind of got me on this thought, uh, this idea of like verb versus noun, and this thought of like. When I'm doing musical things, like, and there's a whole list of things, um, I'm a musician, and or that's being a musician. And when I'm not doing those things, I'm not a musician. And I and for me, actually, when I started to think about it that way, and it's been for a short period of time, I had I started to feel some sense of relief from this time from this idea that when I'm not doing musical things, I'm not a musician kind of meaning that huh. I don't have all of these like expectations or something for every second of my day to be yes. being a musician, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and to be like, if I'm not practicing right now, like I am wasting time or something, or I'm, or I'm missing an opportunity to get better at playing or singing and if i'm not writing right now or if i'm not like listening to new stuff and it's like um if i'm watching a movie or if i'm reading a stupid book or something it's like 
I'm not, you know, like the, I think I do feel some amount because it is so self-directed because I'm my own boss. It's like, um, there's, I feel like my boss is always watching me. Like my boss <laughs> is always like yeah. supervising me yeah, <laughs> and surveilling me or something. And so it's nice to be able to just be like, if I'm not doing a musical thing, I'm not a musician. I don't have to follow i don't have to like punch that clock right now you know i'm like not like stealing that. from the company and i don't know how i'll feel about this idea in a week even but um but it kind of was like a weird um s circular like way of kind of getting to this idea that that seems kind of interesting to me any thoughts and that's like a big info dump of a paragraph of my syllabus but does that sound like complete bs or um no no i'm uncomfortable like i'm uncomfortable i think maybe just because of how long i've been like i am a musician it is my identity like yeah. i feel weird i would feel weird saying it but i i can completely back the conceptual part of it especially the part about practicing being like the iceberg underneath because i think that's like spot on and like Maybe not the sooner because everybody's on their own like timeline, but I think that realization is like a huge one to make or or sit with because I think it really I don't know it kind of like puts you down two separate uh, ways depending on how you think of it, like whether you're really focused on the tip of the iceberg or whether you go into like the gnarly use a charlie word <laughs> then like the nitty-gritty like stuff that doesn't always feel that good like that kind of thing i think it differentiates kind of like different paths to take and i i like the concept of kind of just like yeah alleviating the expectation because you need to sleep and you need to eat and you need to have fun and to make cool art you need to like see things in the world yeah. You know, like that is like it's part of being a human. I guess it's just kind of like prioritizing humanness above this like idea that we have to practice and be doing all the time. I don't know where that where does that come from, too, though. Why do I, I feel even, like that? I, I feel I understand where you're coming from, because sometimes this is where like immediately I I I went to a space in my brain where even if I'm doing laundry or if I'm cooking, which is necessary as a human to do, I'm like, is this really productive? Like I should be practicing right now, but this is like, I, I should be doing this right now. Cause I need to like wear clean clothes so that I can make friends, you know, or, you know, and not make friends, but you know, so I can I'll feel good even if you wear dirty clothes. <laughs> Thank you. But I can feel good about myself. Cause I know I, you know, I smell good, you know, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. anyways, it's a reminding it's it's reminding ourselves of our humanness within being a musician. Yeah, we're a musician and we are a musician, but first we are human. Yeah. Which I, I love that being a musician is a verb type deal. Also, like the also it's like that whole like it's all about the journey and not the destination. You know, so those who are getting into the nitty gritty are like enjo enjoying the tediousness of the journey and like the um, the desire 
for the information, the desire to be, you know, the best that you can at your instrument. Um, but yeah, I feel, I feel that, I, I feel that like putting the humanness before the musician, allowing yourself to be human and, and turning off, not turning off, but I don't know a better phrase, but allowing yourself to not, you know, to let go of the musician identity for a little while. Yeah, I think the boss metaphor, well, I don't know if that's a metaphor. The boss example was like so perfect. It is true because you, I, t- I think about that all the time because you know yourself. So you know when you don't feel like practicing or you know <laughs> when you're like, oh, I don't know if I know the bridge to that or like, you know all of it. And so it's almost like you, ha- I, for me, I have like the part of myself that's like, you know, if you had practiced that five minutes longer, you probably, or whatever, five minutes more, it's not about the length, but like five minutes deeper, you would have known it better. Or, but then there's the other part of me that's like, yeah, but I was so tired and I like felt like I had a stuffy nose and I didn't want to get sick. Like you have all of it. Anyway, maybe I'm just uber anxious, but. No, impossible. Um, anyways, there's there's probably more to – I know there's, at least from my end, there's, like, way more to say about all this, but I'll, I'll spare everybody <laughs> and not talk about it anymore. But I love uh, it. I'm like, let's go. Hour two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll write more about it at, at some point um, here. Maybe I'll try to get to some of my students' reactions to this paragraph if they, yes. if they have any particular reactions. It's kind of interesting because I think generally students are either kind of like – yeah that's the deal like yeah that's right on like we yeah you need to push us really hard and then some are like you're kill, you're literally killing me like yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) so afraid of you i just want to hide (laughs) yeah um and so it's it's kind of it'll be kind of interesting uh to see uh any sort of reaction to it but but anyways i'm excited about it and i uh like i said i'm i i may not feel this way about this in in the spring but it, it that's how my that's how my syllabus is gonna go for the fall at least. Um, Can I say one more thing about it? Please. I feel like also in a college setting, at least when programs are super intense, that's like actually very important to hear because there's so much like, like oh, Emma Hedrick, what did she use? She used something like the like you get power hosed with information, and then you're like, oh my god, and then the summer you're like, oh, I finally have time to learn this but do you even really in the summer? And then it's like this whole timeline thing that makes no sense. And I, I love all the information I learned in college and I'm like keeping all of my notes and like voice memos and things so I can keep shedding it. But I think it's important to hear that when you're also getting like the deadline thing, when you have whatever, like a, an exam about something that you just learned like five days ago. <laughs> right. I don't know. Insanity. Again. Insanity. Insanity. <laughs> Higher education. It's the car that only kills people. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the demon car. No. Um, no but, but yeah, there, there's definitely like a lot of work to do in higher ed as someone that's like very uh, deep into all of that. Um, there's a lot of work to be done to kind of like make all that work, a l- work better for everybody. But, um, but, you know, one brick... One paragraph on practicing at a time. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> Three pages limit. <laughs> so this can't be longer. Um, 
Okay, let's hop into this week's four for foray list. Uh, so we're we're trying a, kind of a new thing this last week on the Substack where we uh, where we're kind of listing our favorite, our four favorite of something. This time, uh, we each got to choose four, but I think in the future we might do that in a bunch of different kinds of ways. Like we might just choose four overall, or um, we've talked about doing like a draft of something. <laughs> we're, we're feeling particularly strongly yeah. about stuff. Um, but uh, we, I'm not exactly sure what's gonna be next, but we're definitely gonna do like a holiday album, like, you know, four for four, four for four a, like best holiday albums or our favorite holiday albums. Or um, we've talked about like, doing books or different albums by things. It might be kind of fun to do like different artists and stuff and like do albums of theirs, particularly artists that have like, ha like done a ton of stuff. Um, mm. That might be kind of fun. But uh, our, our, our focus this month um, was uh, NPR's Tiny Desk Concerts, a, a, a favorite of so many of ours. And I think like I mean, these have been a huge deal for a long time. It started in 2008, but um, definitely during the pandemic, uh, for me, it was two things in particular. It was like kind of going back into the archives and just like watching a bunch of older Tiny Desk concerts because it was like there was nothing happening. I mean, I was also watching, by the way, I was also watching like old basketball games like from the 90s like on YouTube. Oh I was my God. so bored. <laughs> And like wanted there to be sports and like things happening that I was like, That's I was so gonna funny. watch the Bulls from the nineties. <laughs> How did it work? Were you like, woohoo? Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on. There's a bunch of stuff. It like looks really weird, but um, but anyways, and like went back and watched a, a bunch of Tiny Desk concerts because it was like, I need to, I need to like see and hear some music, um, in in, in that kind of a way, and um, and then I think with the with the tiny desk concerts like from home series where a lot of things kind of got kicked up a notch production level with, with those um, that I think that just kind of like uh, made it probably two or three times bigger than it kind of even was at that point. Like I think for a while it was kind of just my music friends were like, Oh yeah, tiny desk concerts and stuff. But I think now it's like really gotten into like the popular like zeitgeist yeah. and popular culture yeah. in a, in a totally different way. Um, so I thought we would, uh, so we each, we each chose four and, and this is up on uh, foramusic.substack.com um, for, for anybody who wants to check out. But I thought we'd just kind of like go kind of round robin style uh, through, through our picks kind of quickly and just like talk a little bit about why we chose them. And if anybody has like, you know, if anybody wants to, thinks, you know, some feedback on, 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 the, on the choice, that, that's totally cool. I'll, I'll start since I'm talking and I can't stop ever talking. I can't stop talking. Um, so my first choice was Anderson Pack and the Free Nationals. This was not the first Tiny Desk concert I ever saw, but it was like it was one of the first-ish ones um, that I saw, and like it, something kind of clicked in my head. I think both for like the Anderson Pack thing, I'd never seen Anderson Pack before. Like I'd heard some of his music, but I'd never seen him play drums and sing and rap and stuff all at the same time. And um, and I also it's kind think, of crazy, honestly. Sorry, yeah, I'm so just good. like thinking like, about Anderson Pack, like insanity. <laughs> and where he is now? What the heck? Anyways, <laughs> sorry, Charlie. Yeah, no, it's okay. And and I also think too, like. Um, one of the big things about the Tiny Desk Concerts, particularly when they're actually at like the office of NPR, is that like uh, 
it has to be a certain level. Like they're using uh, these kind of like directional mics, but like things are not like super close mic'd and there's not like a ton of mic channels and stuff. So it's like people have to play kind of quiet enough that they can, if someone's singing, that they can like hear the singer without it being amplified. And uh, they all have to fit in this like little corner. I know we love corners. We <laughs> The corner. Love corners. Amy's like Ore listeners. Her podcast corner. I am. They don't even know what's coming. Like they don't even <laughs> They're know. They're not ready. They're not ready. They don't know. Alex and I are going to Home Goods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like the uh, his drumming is is so cool and good and. They're like playing really, really high energy music, like really quietly, which is like kind of like a a, a special thing for me in particular. But, um, but yeah, and it's just it's just so cool. He has just such an interesting voice, and I think like some voice teachers would hear him sing or talk in something and be like, "Someone got hurt. Who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> Who hurt you, Anderson?" Um, but I'm like fully for it and I, it's like such a unique sound and I, I really dig, I really dig like all the different kinds of sounds he can make vocally and stuff to get like a little nerdy about it. But, um, any, any thoughts about, any thoughts about this concert? I'm just hearing in my head the, I don't even know if that, I forget what it's from, but it's something Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and I'm also kind of like somewhat obsessed with the keyboard player. I think I don't. Oh. I've never said it out loud, but T Nava, does that seem right? Um, is the name of this is the name of the keyboard player in the Free Nationals, and like mm. he it just is so like just looks so effortless like playing, just like, uh, mm, mm. <laughs> it, like it's just kind of moving his finger. It's just like it's it's killing. He's like playing these like these licks and octaves and stuff. It's just like it all mm. it all really works for me. Um, if there's no other thoughts, we can we can move on, Amy, to your first one. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Yeba. Yeba. Yeba is like an interesting an interesting one because I feel like there's some like diehard Yeba fans where they're like, no one can sing like Yeba. Like, no one has sung like her and no one will, which is like whatever. I guess the culture, but. I just think the the songwriting and the vulnerability in this one are are pretty epic. Um, and the one that I am just I just got like really obsessed with it for a while is called How Many Years. And I was interested in why I was like so obsessed with it because I couldn't figure it out right away. So I was like, well, there's something happening there. And then I discovered that like the ends of each of her phrases end on thirds of the root. And I just started to get like obsessed with thirds and sixths. Like I would say that's kind of my like songwriting obsession for the past like maybe half a year because they're so strong. Like just I feel like thirds and sixths are like they always have been and they always will be type of a thing. Um, but I also like just the way that she sits and sings is like makes me want to try to just sit and sing because she's just like experiencing what her life is and like it's just kind of coming out and that's what's happening she's i think she's really tasteful and also the musicians that she's singing with man are also just heavy and i liked the home vibe too like you could see like a lead sheet which i thought was cool i'm like ah. <laughs> 
that type of thing. The backup vocals are like, they make me want to sing backup vocals. Anyways, I love it. Yeah, the backup vocals are so tight and it, it seems so effortlessly oh. like she'll just be doing a run and then they're kind yeah. of doing it with her and then they're harmonizing yeah. it what is like... that i'm like geez <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah yeah i think that like charlie you said best is like everything just seems so effortless it's just like oh yeah I'm, they're just truly enjoying themselves in the moment they're like yeah we're here and that to me means that they know that stuff like so in and out like they've really internalized what they're doing yeah which yeah. is like, that's it. That's Anyways, nice. Alex, Advanced what was your what was your first tiny desk? Um, it was Kirk Franklin, and uh, wow, that wasn't a good way to introduce Kirk Franklin. <laughs> Kirk Franklin. Well, Kirk Franklin, although. This man has made, anyways, he's made a career out of like not singing at all, just like killing. <laughs> but he writes and arranged some of the most amazing music. And it was interesting because, like, whenever I think of Kirk Franklin, I think of like choirs, I think of like huge, like places just like filled with joy. And here he is, just like, um, getting that same energy out of you with like no one in the room but him and his band. In the, in the choir it's like how do you still give that same amount of energy still like same amount of vesselage I, that's not a word but i just made it a word um i love it and just so much joy and i was like he like brought us like from the current to like this man has been doing this for a long time for like 30 years has been making bops for 30 years making bops about jesus for 30 years come on bro Anyways, um, yeah, I just love this. I was like listening to this concert a bunch, just like put me in such a good mood every single time. And yeah, the harmonies are great. Kirk is great. His yelling, I love his yelling, his attempting to sing. I love it. Like just all of it. I'm just, I'm here for it. everyone. Just looks like they're having a good time. Just like sit back, relax and let's sing some good music. Yeah, those were the vibes. Good deal. My um, my uh, now we're going back to my number two, so that this was this is where I cheated in like the most heinous way ever. But I put two people. <laughs> Cheater. Um, I just like couldn't choose between uh, Leanne Lahavis and Laura Mavula. Like these are uh, again like I'd never heard of these people before, and then I just like came upon their tiny desk concerts, and it just was like, it was like super duper uber fans of them, like just instantly and. Um, I kind of had, I, I just couldn't choose to not have one of them on and they felt, they felt like they made me feel a similar ish kind of a thing, even though they're very different, but they, they made me kind of feel a similar thing. Um, and so I, I just was going to cheat and since I was the last person to write in the document and, and send the article, <laughs> it was like, nobody told you Charlie, I know that's two. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, awesome songwriters. It's so cool to see them like play and sing, and um, it it's kind of they're they're both. Uh, I think they're both vulnerable in like really kind of different ways. You know, like uh, Lahavas is like so vulnerable, but like kind of like so smiley and stuff, and just like and just kind of like seems very like cheerful and happy and like 
um, and, and like Mavula's thing is like a, a little bit more like somber or like internalized or something. Um, but they both like the, but they're like when they sing and stuff, it just like really comes out of their body in like a similar way, even though they kind of like have very, very kind of different, um, like personal energies or something or like, or the nonverbal communication kind of things. Um, but yeah, that's my, that was my number two, a hundred percent dig. I've done a bunch of those tunes now and like I've had my sing those tunes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That will forever be, that's one of those songs that is kind of like, um, I have like a five sense memory of that song, like perf not actually even Whoa. performing it just like conceptually. Cause yeah. it was just one of those songs. Father, father, father right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. My second, uh, what are these called again? Four 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 A failure. My second tiny desk. <laughs> All right, let me just try that one again. My second tiny desk is Tower of Power. Uh, I like sort of grew up listening to Tower of Power? Question mark. Like that was something that my dad would always be like, "Check this out," and like we would like <laughs> listen to it. Um, but to me, this vocalist was crazy his name's marcus green and he's just one of those captivating people like you just forget you're listening to someone singing and then it ends and you're like what the heck just happened like he just totally captured my attention the entire time and he was one of those people too who his energy was like just kind of flowing so much that you almost couldn't even i couldn't really like analyze him because i was too busy like in it with him um, but he had this, like, I felt like it was like a circle of energy. Like it was like going through him and out of him and everywhere. And I was like, what's happening right now? But he was so grounded. Mm. Um, and I love that. I, it's something I want to try to like, I don't know if I have to do meditation or what, but I want to try to get to that because it's so infectious. It's like, it's the best, I think, when you can captivate the whole time. And Tower of Power, like, I mean, the horns, whatever. Hello. Groove. Insane. Pocket. <laughs> Groove. Pocket. <laughs> Alex is whispering in the back. Pocket. Groove. Horns. Gosh, guys. I also, no, I also love Tower Power because I think this is repetitive, but they just sit and play. Like, how great is that? I don't know what other people are doing because isn't that what we should all be doing? But there's this essence of like, they're just existing and like things are coming out of them. <laughs> Anyways, I probably should have stopped talking. <laughs> Next. Never stop talking. <laughs> things are just coming out of them. <laughs> uh, so my second uh, tiny discovery was uh, some more Pender Hughes. Um, I'm obsessed with this man. Like I'm actually obsessed with this man like so much. Um, and his sister, Elena, like, I'm actually obsessed with her, too. Like, come on, that's not fair. Um, but I enjoyed this tiny desk because it, it, it was like a full project. Like, it was his tiny desk that he, it was like from the at home ones. And so he did, he'd been working on this art installation in Oakland, uh, where he's been doing this project about uh, mass incarceration in America and what it looks like and what grief in a black man looks like and what what 
you know, what um, mass incarceration do to do some to can do to someone and to someone's mind and all of these things, exploring all those things. So he had been working on that. And then he had an album to go along with that. And so first off, like it's Amora and Elena. And then like my favorite, like one of my favorite vocalists of all time is like Elliot Skinner. <gasps> oh He's my gosh. Crazy dude. Whenever he sings, I cry. He's crazy. Anyways, it was so, it was like a whole production. He's like playing this like beautifully written music, like in his art installation. And he like goes into different parts of like the different uh, areas within the art project. And he like has some of his best friends singing with him and like singing about these really deep um, like subject matters. And it's like, wow, this is just like, just captures Samora so beautifully. And it captures like, his mission and he led us into like what he views his purpose within music is so i really loved that one i cried a lot but it was good good crying good crying like just like felt everything mm -hmm. great <laughs> charlie uh, he took a beat alex you have to give me a little credit. I took a beat. <laughs> he took and then a beat. I said, then I said something really awkward and related, <laughs> which was great. <laughs> so you have to give me credit. <laughs> okay, we'll move on to we'll move on. Round three. Um, round three, we get to the old men, at least <laughs> just in my just in my case. So um, <laughs> so uh, Randy Newman is uh, feels like an extended family member of mine. Like it feels like a great uncle of mine or something that is just like brilliant. And he'll like come over and hang out sometimes. And he like says funny things and really smart things. And he like plays the piano. And I'm just kind of like, I, I, I have, I have feelings for him. Like he's like a family member or something, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, definitely one of my favorite songwriters and, uh, so this video, this tiny desk is him at 74. He's kind of like, he kind of like messes up a little bit sometimes. He kind of seems like a little grumpy, even though he's like kind of being cute. And it's like, it's just like, it's so, it's so, it's like such uh legit kind of Randy Newman energy that, um, that I, that I really love. And, um, what I talked a little bit about in the, in the article was just his piano playing, which I think is like, it's not showy, but it's like this like string orchestration thing that's happening like in the piano all the time. And it's like, it's like moving around the things that he's like the, the, it just all feels like it's working together. Like all the puzzle pieces fit together. It's like, like harmonically what he's doing and the, and the voice leading stuff that he's doing and how it fits along with what he's singing. Um, I've just like tried to like figure out a bunch of his piano playing and it's like really, it's like a, it's just, it's way, way more complex than it even like sound. There's just like so much stuff going on. So I'm just a huge fan of his. And I, and what's cool is like, he sings basically all new music from this like newer album that he had at the time. Um, but it's like, but you get like all of the, you hit all like the big Randy Newman beats. It's like, it's so funny that he, does the music for the Pixar movies because it's like mm -hmm. it's kind of it almost feels like it's like it's sculpted 
and like created in a lab to like make you feel these feelings in the same way a Pixar movie is. Um, but he goes through and like does a political satire thing, a song about Putin. And he does like a really sentimental, like folk tune called wandering boy that just like makes it's like, and then he, then, uh, he sings this, um, love song. She chose me that I, I learned and I play that song all the time. And it just is like, it just kills. It just kills. Like it kills me. If I'm playing it for other people, it kills them. And it's like, um, it just, uh, they're just like little nuggets they just like work like they just hit that emotional thing and he's like 74 and um yeah i don't know it's like the um his his like life and career in some ways is kind of like a dream that's like oh i can be 74 and like still be like doing things that kind of like there's a timelessness to his thing mm-hmm. in the way in a way it's just like an old man <laughs> it's like he's always kind of been an old man it's like that's a kind of the vibe it's just like oh, I'm gonna play the piano, and there's gonna be a thing. Um, yes. But anyways, it it uh, it hit me in the feels. Very simple little tiny desk concert, but Randy Newman. Randy Newman. Uh, next up is Jasmine Sullivan. Um, I would just say, like, when I listened to this tiny desk the first time, was just kind of like um one of those like landmark things where you like kind of remember how you felt and like what was going on. Um, because she, she's, I mean, I love her originals. They sound great. I also think she just kind of like does her, like she's just out here, like doing her thing, singing her songs. Um, and she, in the tiny desk, I don't really know like how much she does this overall. Cause I really have only kind of, um, if you will shed this project that she did hotels um, but I love that she improvised cause I feel like, I don't know, I've just gotten kind of mixed reviews from different mentors about like improvising and when and where, which is kind of silly because I feel like improvising should just be personal and stuff. But seriously, like people have said like, well, you wouldn't want to do this cause whatever or like you maybe shouldn't do that like whatever there's just such a thing I think especially with singing but I love improvising like I think it's like maybe number one or number two in terms of like what makes me feel most fulfilled or like personally seen by myself in music like I feel so myself when I'm improvising so whatever I guess it was just cool to see somebody who just like she just like sang a little bit and it was cool and I was like oh okay like people do that okay that's cool I'll do that if I want to I don't know it was sort of like freeing in a way for me because she just was doing her thing uh, and I I think I maybe more now feel comfortable to do my own thing but I do think I do care like a lot about what at least mentors or people that I respect think so I I had like the thing happen where when people would say things, I would kind of have to like sit with it for a while because when they would first say it, I would be like, Oh, that's right. Like that's correct. (laughs) And so whatever, I think she was just somebody that helped me figure out what I think or like what I like and that it doesn't really matter. Period. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just make your art. So I think she's doing that, which is cool. Yeah. I like how every like performance from her is different. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you're not gonna hear the same 
performance from her every night, which I think is so beautiful. She was also so yeah. chill. Like she had her hands in her pockets. I feel like sometimes I sing with my hands in my pockets and I've had voice <laughs> teachers be like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Like, which, okay. Yeah. in like a lesson, I guess, but I just liked that. Um, it was almost like we happened upon her, you know, she's like, yeah, I'm just doing my thing. Hey. Yeah. It was weird. Like her career has been like kind of different, right? She came up, bust your windows out, check and then like didn't hear anything from her like that's like 2009 i know people have i I like read that somewhere where she'll just like drop something and then be like see you guys <laughs> like yeah man and then she I like drops hotels and then she yeah. drops hotels deluxe version i'm like okay do it to us again <laughs> yeah i actually I, I actually heard this tiny desk i think it, it was like during the pandemic right because it's like a yes. home one too yeah. I heard this and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then like I put it on, I put her new album on, like the album that they're kind of promoting or whatever. And like Maddie came home and she's like, what are you listening to? This is so saucy. Like this is, <laughs> like, like there are a lot of, there's a lot of strong sexual language in this. And I was like, yeah, I saw the tiny desk. So I'm like in the crew. It's totally my energy now. <laughs> so <laughs> That's the thing. She's just like, so it's her energy and she hasn't even... It seems like she's not even like, what do people think? She's just like, hey, which I yeah. I think that's cool. I think yeah. so much about what people think. <laughs> I try not to, but <laughs> I just love that she's like, this is me. Hey. Yeah. I don't really and care she brought what her friends into it. it, too. She brought her friends into it. Yeah. <laughs> On the album, her friends are making some confessions. Jesus be a fence. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> sorry well said well said <clears throat> is it my turn oh chris yeah. stapleton uh <laughs> if you need to know anything about me <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> energy shifts uh, sorry <laughs> like randy newman to <laughs> jasmine, <laughs> jasmine was, like was that was not enough now <laughs> <laughs> Chris Stapleton. Uh, one thing about me is I am a Chris Stapleton stan, except for Tennessee whiskey. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> I love Chris Stapleton. Anyways, because it's I'd rather go blind. Anyways, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for Chris Stapleton, and this one was him and his wife. Um, him and his wife are always on tour together. Uh, so it was nice to like hear them in a stripped down version and just to like hear Chris's voice just do its thing because it sounds like he was born in the mud like in the best way possible like there's just so much like earth in his voice like you can hear the generations that have come before him in his voice like um, and just like the the like he his writing is not complex at all it's just like i'm telling this story because this is a story that i wrote mm -hmm. and this song i wrote for my wife and you can tell i wrote it for my wife because Aww. it says this it was the situation we were having i'm just like thank you this is just like i don't have i love don't get me wrong i love me some like metaphors and all this stuff but also just like some simple I love you, you know, it's just like, 
um, something that I think gets lost a lot of the time because we get to be so intellectual about it. And he's like, no, I'm just going to take you back to the mud. I'm going to take you back to the earth and like the simplicity of uh, what life is. Um, so yeah, that's that's my take on the Chris Stapleton. I just love a good old like husband, wife, acoustic guitar singing show thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, part of it feels like it's just as much like of a folk tradition or something than it is country. Like it sounds really country, but like some of like the, like what you're describing of the writing too, and just kind of like listening to it, it, mm -hmm. you know, I, this, like the, it has like some Bob Dylan in it or something or, you know, or so, some of that process or whatever, which yeah. is, which is a way for me to kind of get into it, not being like as much of a country person. <laughs> no, me too. He was one of the yeah. first people I listened to where I was like, oh, I like this. Cause I would, before him, I probably would have said not that into it of yeah. country, which is probably like, I probably wasn't shedding it. So like, what, who am I? But, um, <laughs> but like he was somebody that I feel like I feel like just brought me in. I'm like, okay, okay, Chris yeah. Stapleton. Exactly. That's how exactly how I felt. I was like, especially in like the jazz world, they're like country music. And I'm like, <laughs> but have you heard Chris Stapleton? <laughs> I, there, I mean, there was a long time where it was just kind of like it's so it's it was totally you could say people said this all the time i like all kinds of music except for country and rap like i remember growing up and like people would say that like in the 90s and stuff it was just like that was that was kind of like the most middle of the road middle of the bell curve sort of like thing you could say it's just like yeah like oh, okay they're cool they don't like the weird like niche things like country and rap and obviously now rap is like pop music you know like hip-hop yeah. is pop music but um I, I've always dug like the actual sounds of country music, you know, like the the tones of it and all that kind of stuff. I think the thing that was always hard for me to really connect with was actually like lyrically, like the stories that they were telling, like some of the things that they were talking about was harder for me to connect with or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I like the sounds of it. And so like what you're saying, like when, when things are like a little bit more, um, I don't know, like w with country songs that are kind of like, about things that I can relate to and are kind of in language that I kind of a little bit more understand, you know, like the Chris Stapleton thing, like, even though, like you said, it's like, he has this very like old earthy kind of a, like a quality to him. Like there's another, again, like it's like a timelessness to it. Like, like lyrically and stuff, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of like going along with it and, and like, mm -hmm. it's not like just about drinking or, you know, all the kind of like the, the trope kind of, things yeah. that that can be kind of the country music that like my sister listens to it's like the pop country stuff <laughs> just like yeah we'll go into the football game and we'll have ourselves a beer and sit on the yard yeah yeah, yeah exactly and it's like that's fine hey, have fun have fun I, i'm going to a totally different party uh anyways <laughs> but sorry i kind of like i bogarted that <laughs> no 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 um uh, I'll, I'll we'll move on to round four our final round so uh my last one was chicory and gary burton um so uh yeah yes. this is like 44 years of them playing together like hundreds and hundreds of concerts and tons and tons of recordings together and this is just so cool that it's just like it's just them playing duo in a room like looking at each other and you can like see 
they're in like the little subtle interactions between them and it sounds so good i think it sounds a lot better than like some of the other like recordings just in terms of like audio quality and stuff um but yeah i just i just dig it i was kind of like oh maybe i won't put this this on it's like the hardcore jazz thing or something but it you know, with Chick being gone now and stuff too, like such an important part. And I think Gary Burton is such a, is such an important person too, like in the community and, um, you know, for like kind of who he is as a person, but, but also just like his playing and stuff. I think it really, he really transcends the instrument. I think in a similar way that kind of Chick transcends his instrument too. So, um, yeah. I actually felt I watched this again last week and it was I was like feeling I was feeling very sentimental about it you know just because mm. I love Chick so much and I love his music so much and and uh and so it was just it was just kind of yeah it was nostalgic or something in, in some sort of way I don't know them personally or you know <laughs> yeah Chick that's Korea what I love about no what did you say I just said no, Chick I'm and Gary Burton it's <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> <laughs> one thing I love about the tiny desk um series though is that there are so many different musicians featured i just have felt like maybe because of what you said like it becoming more mainstream but maybe starting as more of like in the musician realm like it's just really cool to me how many different musicians are on there and what you can find yeah yeah my nope so no that's you you got it so my fourth one, <laughs> my fourth tiny desk, Mac Miller. I love Mac Miller. I really do. My first introduction to him was more of like the Ariana Grande, like, I love the way you make me feel. Uh, but I love his album. Is it, I'm going to make, I'm going to be fake right now, but is it Swimming Pools? Is that what it's called? Or is that a song? It's Swimming Pools, right? Okay. I love that album because... I was listening to it recently. He also says stuff that's like, I hope people were listening or are listening because that's like some heavy stuff sometimes. And I think he is just honest or was honest in his art. And um, yeah, I guess I wrote in here, he lets the music speak for itself, which I, I think that's like a theme for me. I really appreciate when artists, when music is like the top priority, which maybe is going back to the vessel thing, like we're just vessels for music, but I also just love like the harmony of, of like his stuff as well. I think it's really interesting. Um, and it's still accessible to like a lot of different people, no matter yeah. like what kind of music they understand or relate to or want to be a part of. Like, I think it's, it hits like a lot of different uh, things. That's kind of a weird way to put that, but yeah. I agree. His flow is like so nice. Mm -hmm. Like no, no, so many, um, like like his subject matter, like I think that's why we tend to not listen because his flow is just like so, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so like, like he's just speaking to us, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's like how he would just like talk to you in a sentence, like, yeah. or talk to you in everyday conversations. Like that's just, you know, that's how, what his flow is, which is what brings, I feel like for me, that's what brings me into Mac Miller. It's just like his flow and like how 
you just like, but you, I, I don't even want to, I don't want to rap. I'm not even going to attempt. <laughs> so. Groove. But <laughs> Groove. I think you one? hit it though. Oh, pocket. Pocket. <laughs> but yeah, like the, because it's so like delivered so eloquently, we we're just like, oh, wait, he's really talking about some stuff right now. Yes. It happened to me at the end of one of the songs. There was, the, I, I don't remember what the title was, but at the end, this was like not the tiny desk. This was me listening to his like recorded albums, but he was like, I had a moment where I was like, he's saying things to me. Like, <laughs> like, I, yeah. Which I think it's interesting because like sometimes maybe people feel like they can't say things in real, in real life. So they would say it in music. Yeah. yeah. So I think sometimes you get like an honesty that you maybe wouldn't get unless you're really close with somebody which is so, it's like such an interesting concept to me. Yeah. I think it's like an interesting concept for rap. Yeah, absolutely. In general. Yeah. I, I love Mac Miller too. And the, the in this video, for me, it's like the Thundercat thing, the him and Thundercat or whatever. And it's like, and you can just tell they're like so, like they're such huge fans of each other. Like they're just <laughs> so stoked about it. It's like, like, you know, Mac Miller starts like rapping and like singing and stuff, and like Thundercat is just like very stoked about it. And then it's like Thundercat, like there's like a break, and Thundercat's like, and like Mac Miller's just like, oh, that was good. And it was just like, that's I that's for me that's like the best part of that specific like video for for me. I'll say for me a couple more times, but love Mac Miller. We got one more for 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 a. Alex, that's me. Yeah. And that's a uh, coffee? Coffee. Wow. Okay. So interesting story. So I first heard her. I was getting my first tattoo. Uh and I was like, wow, this this restaurant was playing the song. It was really loud because we're in Miami. Of course, the music is like blasting from the restaurant. And I was like, who is this person? And I was like, this is like vibes. It's like, and then I was like coffee. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I go home, I'm like coffee. And I see her tiny desk and I'm like, this is her. <laughs> and she's like, like short as me, like five foot one. And like, like packs. I don't think she understands what she's doing to reggae music. Like, um, I think we've all heard like on the radio now, like um, everybody's getting obsessed with like Afrobeat and everything. But this reggae that she was like, she's obviously like engaged with like the reggae sensitivities of her, but also like this African type thing sensitivities that she has going on, which I totally enjoyed. And it was like, I felt like I was drunk or something when I was listening to her music because I was like, oh my gosh, like I've never heard something like this before, you know, and, uh, especially with someone like her, like women in reggae music is like almost donde esta, like where are the women in reggae music? So so to have her like be this cool person who's like transforming the music, but she's also super young and she's also like a super cool woman. Um, I thought was was uh, really cool. Yeah, I just, I just like her vibes overall. She was just like, she was like so chill with it. She was like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and the melodies are so 
easy to sing. You're just like, oh, by the time like the song is over, you know the song. And you're like, oh yeah, I can that's sing this amazing. all day. You know? Anyways, yeah, that's coffee spelled with K. I had not heard of this this um, of coffee before this uh, this band or this artist, and like, it's kind of shocking. Like, it's shocking to st- hear the sounds that are coming out of the person. She's like, she's so tiny and young looking, and um, but yeah, just so killing. It was great. I'm like a new fan. I'm a brand new fan because of you you putting this on the list, Alex. So yes, congrats, you did it. <laughs> I mean, it's true of it's true of this whole list. I think this was really um, fun and cool. If if um, if folks out there have uh, ideas or suggestions for us uh, to do more lists like this for uh, for the Substack or for the podcast, please let us know. Uh, but I think that kind of I think that kind of wraps it up. Uh, for yeah. us. Wrap yeah. it up. We're gonna wrap it up. Wrap it in. Wrap pack it, it up, up. Pack it in. Let me begin. Okay. Amy, you want to read us out? Absolutely. Thank you for listening and supporting Foray Music. For more, follow us on Instagram at Foray Music. Subscribe to our newsletter at forraymusic.substack.com. And check out our brand spanking new website at forraymusic.com. I love saying brand spanking new, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> We're not going to be able to say that for that much longer. So I know. Maybe the last week it will be brand spanking new. <laughs> Next week brand it will be sort new. of kind of new. Still kind of new. Still has a little bit of that new website smell. Ooh. Mm-mm. Oh, because most people listen just enough to respond. We think you're super. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.